Welcome to Messy Buns Podcast. I'm Mary, and Elise is out sick today, so please say a prayer for her. But I still wanted to chat with y'all and give you some hope as we enter a Mother's Day weekend that is often hard for many of us. So today, we are fighting for you. Hey guys, welcome back. It's just me today, Mary, and if the music sounded a little bit weird, it's because Elise usually does that part. So this is going to be a new experience for all of us, but I thought it was kind of fun, right? This is a unique episode because I am by myself, but I still wanted to move forward with a bonus episode that we had planned because both Elise and I know how hard this weekend is for so many people. And up until recently, at least for me, Mother's Day was the hardest day of the year by far. And I know it's still very hard for Elise. And it's hard for me in other ways, even though it's become a lot easier now that we've adopted Bella. Um, But not just for those women who are infertile, also those who have suffered miscarriages. And it's because we have desired pregnancy and caring for our own children so desperately. And that's how motherhood has been defined by the world around us, really. And then when Mother's Day comes around, we see women who live motherhood in the most obvious ways being celebrated, and they are absolutely deserving of that. I never want to take that away from anyone. Um, But it's just a painful reminder of what is very obviously absent in our own lives. And on that day, it's just kind of staring at us all, you know? Um... So, but actually over the past few years, God has really begun to open up the true definition of motherhood for me and really broaden it far beyond mere biology. So when I talk about giving some hope to you as you enter uh, what might be a very difficult weekend, that's what I mean. And the things that I share with you today is not going to take away the pain. That pain will always be there to some extent. For me, it's gotten a lot better, but there's still some that that's there. And I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but what I hope to do is just kind of help you to open up your mind a little bit to embrace motherhood um, and with a little bit more broad of terms. And I'm going to explain to you what I mean by that, because this has kind of changed me and I want to share that with you. I mean, Look at the Blessed Mother, right, who is, of course, known for being the mother of God and pretty perfect. But um, I don't know about you, but I absolutely call on her as my own mother. Like, that's specifically what Christ intended for her to be. And as he gave her as a mother to all humanity, and he's, I thought of this the other day, so I'm actually in kind of what I call a studio slash second office in my house. It's kind of embarrassing embarrassing because it's been kind of a storage room since we moved into this house a few years ago, but my husband and I have recently gotten motivated to clean it out, and I have been podcasting in this room since Elise and I are podcasting from afar which has been interesting. I've also um, gotten back into my rapping. So this is like my room, my studio for rapping too. And and anyway, so I want to make it my own, right? So like I'm trying to imagine 
like what I want to put on the walls, right? Because like when you have a room that's special for specific things, you want you or a room to create in and be creative, you want it to reflect some of the things that you're doing or the things that you're passionate about. So immediately the Blessed Mother came to mind, right? And I'm just like imagining this piece of art I want to create um, some type of picture with the Blessed Mother and I also do some hand lettering. So I want to hand letter the words, woman, behold your son. And this might all sound real weird, weird to y'all, um, but this is just kind of how my mind works. And actually recently a friend of mine said something really cool to me. Her name's Emily. Y'all have to go look her up. She's at TotalWine.com, T-O-T-A-L-W-H-I-N-E. She's an awesome blogger, but she's also become kind of a friend. And she was explaining to me how like adoption makes two wrongs, makes something good come out of two wrongs. One is how a woman can't necessarily or, or chooses not to care for her child. And the other many times is infertility. And so adoption is making this good thing come out of them, just like the with the Blessed Mother. Her spiritual motherhood makes something good come out of two things, the death of Christ and all of our sin. I mean, it blew my mind. And I specifically wanted to find an image that she wasn't holding baby Jesus. Not because, again, I don't think that that's important and beautiful. But when I look at it, I want to remember her spiritual motherhood in just a unique way. And so with those words, woman, behold your son, that is when Jesus was on the cross and looking at the Blessed Mother and he gave her to his beloved disciple as a spiritual mother, but it, he represents all of humanity. And I just love um, that aspect of the Blessed Mother because we see her like that in that way a lot, but we, I don't think we embrace it or think about it quite in the same way as we do her biologic motherhood, her biological motherhood. I have no idea if I'm saying that correctly, but y'all know what I mean. And that clearly, this, this spiritual motherhood of the Blessed Mother, just like her biological motherhood, <laughs> has opened up so many fruitful relationships. I mean, obviously, the Blessed Mother, I mean, is one of the most fruitful human beings that ever existed. So um, another reminder is that to be a mother, like, what does that actually mean? What does it mean to be a mother? And that means to nurture, to comfort, to nourish, to listen, to heal, to serve, to create, right? To be creative and creating new life is one very important and specific part of that, but it's not the only part. I mean, there's so much new life being brought into the world by all of us, whether they're by our children or not, just period, just by the things that we do with the gifts God has given us. And that cannot be lost. That should not be forgotten. That's important. It's just as important. Also, to be to be a mother is to be open, to receive, too. I mean, the list could go on forever and ever. Um, so I just want you to know that. That like you are valued, you are loved, you are worthy, whether you have children or not. Biology has something to do with it, but it doesn't have everything to do with it. For me, something that is, has been hard is the desire to be pregnant, obviously. And that's something that um, if I can never get pregnant, obviously I will never experience that. And that's the part, one of the parts for me that will always be painful. 
And it's okay to acknowledge that and experience that pain. That pain often makes us better, right? It actually has enriched my life um, in very unique ways. A lot of people say that about the pain in their life. But pregnancy doesn't automatically qualify a woman. I'm sorry. Pregnancy does automatically qualify a woman to be a biologic mother. A, oh my gosh, why can't I say this word? <laughs> it qualifies a woman to be a mother in that way. But it does not automatically qualify her to be nurturing, to be comforting, to be healing, etc. I mean, if you think about it, a woman can have a lot of children and actually not be a very good mother. You know, and a woman can have no children and actually be a really good mother. So and looking at it in that sense is just, again, helped me to broaden this definition by quite a bit. Something else that I've realized over the years is that all women are actually called to be mothers in this way. And it's so helpful, I got to tell you. I've been seeing a lot more about this idea and spiritual motherhood from women who do have biologic children. Oh my gosh, there's that word again. Man, I'm making myself sound real intelligent on this podcast. Y'all don't hold it against me. But women with children, um, you know, whether they have had them through birth or adopted, like, I just love seeing women who don't have fertility problems um, recognizing this beauty in the world, in other women. And that's been so healing for me because a lot of the way that is that I've seen myself I have allowed that to, to, to define, I've allowed myself to be defined by what I see in other women, right? Especially other Catholic women who focus, a lot of the times it's like there is this focus on having all the children. And that's been hard for me because it's made me feel like less of a woman. But when you guys, when you fertile women are able to appreciate that beauty in us that we are our mothers too that we are women with such value and worth that is healing at least to me as an infertile woman so i'm i'm just grateful so j- thank you to all those women who have been so open to that in that way i think that's that's something that is going to be very healing overall in the church and with infertile women I want to share with y'all just a few more things uh, before closing this up. And there's a few women in my life. Actually, there's a lot of women in my life that represent this spiritual motherhood so beautifully. And they are not all infertile. Okay, like there's so many women I know with so many children that are so incredibly fruitful. And I I just love to see that now that I'm experiencing this in my own life and these gifts God has given me through my crosses because I can't have children. I love seeing just women using their gifts, um, the women who have children using their gifts in other ways as well that, that God has called them to because God calls us each uniquely. But something I was just thinking about recently um, is my Aunt Bobby. So um, I don't know if you can hear me smiling as I say her name, but I just I, I want to share a little bit about her. Uh, my mom is one of nine um, and my Aunt Bobby is is the aunt that I'm closest with. Like she's just been closest to my family. I don't know if it's because her and my mom are close in age or what, but she is also really silly, like super silly and just really creative and just funny. And just, we've kind of just have personalities that get along. She's also very weird like me. So um, I've just loved that about her. Um, My aunt Bobby is also unique for another reason. Uh, she has never been married, never had, um, as far as I can see, I mean, I don't 
have deep, intimate conversations with her. But she, to me, looks like someone who's just called to the single life. But the interesting thing is that um, now she believes in God, but she doesn't practice any religion. Um, that is the interesting part to me um, because there's, I see this woman as so holy and fruitful. Um, when I was 12, my, my grandfather died. That's my mom and my Aunt Bobby's father. Uh, but before that, several years, he suffered a lot before he died. I think it was Lou Gehrig's disease or Parkinson's. I can't remember exactly what it was or some type of weird mutation of some disease. But he lost the use of his hands very early on. And then eventually he wasn't able to walk and it became very hard to talk. So he declined slowly over the years. Well, my Aunt Bobby retired from her job, her very good job, to stay at home to take care of her father. She moved him into her home in New Orleans in Lakeview and cared for him uh, for several years before he passed away. I never forget visiting her house and he said she he just loved his like lazy boy recliner and she just sat him in his favorite chair in her living room. She put the TV shows on that she that he liked and she just served him every day until he passed away. My grandparents were divorced so uh, although my mama was still alive um, she wasn't around. They didn't speak at that point. So like that was just so precious for me to witness and to experience that. Now I was about 12 years old and then, so there was a long time. I'm, my grandma was very healthy. She lived a lot longer than that. Um, let's see until Katrina hit. So C Katrina hit when I was in college, let's just started college when Katrina hit hurricane Katrina. And like I said, my, um, my aunt Bobby lived in Lakeview. She lived just a few blocks off um, of where one of the levees broke. And my, my mama lived not far from her, so they lost both of their homes in Hurricane Katrina. And I don't know if you hear a lot, um, if you know of people who live in New Orleans at that time or, or just the experience of the people suffering from the hurricane, but it was traumatic for a lot of the elderly because they grew up in the, they didn't grow up in those homes, but like, Obviously, we all know how important and close home is to us. That was just kind of their identity. And so a lot of, of the elderly passed away or began to decline not long after Hurricane Katrina. I didn't know my husband at the time, but his grandmother lived in Lakeview as well. We didn't know this, obviously. We, we didn't know each other at the time, but she passed away right after Katrina. It was just the, the mental and psychological um, experience was very traumatic for them. And so after Hurricane Katrina, my mama started to decline mentally. Um, we started seeing signs of dementia. So my Aunt Bobby then took care of her. Um, they both lost their home. So my Aunt Bobby uh, moved with my grandma to an apartment. It was just very hard. Like, I don't need to go into the details, but it was very hard for both of them. But my, my Aunt Bobby just sacrificed so much to care for her. And then she needed to be in a nursing home on you know which was not very close to where my aunt bobby ended up living she visited my aunt my, my mama daily for about four years my mom said until my mama finally passed away and so i just have always looked at my aunt bobby as just this unique woman with this life but just the gift to serve and just how fruitful she 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 was and still is in her life she now has recently bought a house close to my parents and she now helps my mom take care of her grandbabies. Um, my mom cares for or watches my, my brother's two kids since they were born. And now um, 
they're older um the older one is about to go to high school so it's been happening for a long time right she's been caring for them and um my aunt bobby helps her two days a week just care for them when i have surgery i've been sick and recovering and stay at my mom's house my aunt bobby comes over every day and cares for bella like she's just got this heart to serve and i just think it's so interesting and she's such a good example for us and as Catholics, it's beautiful that we see these, you know, so many of us are actually called to be married, to have all these children, to stay at home with them. I mean, those are beautiful vocations, but we can still be so fruitful and not experience any of those things. And I, and I, I still, um, I just love to see that, um, what an incredible witness that my aunt is to me, you know, and to so many other people that I hope. Um, so I just wanted to share that. And just before I close also, of course, I want to talk about another friend, um, uh, two friends, of course, I can talk about Elise. Well, I talk about her when she's here on the show, but I can talk about her when she's not here too. It sounds even better, right? Um, Elise and my friend Lisa, two very close friends of mine. I have said this to multiple people, but they are two of the most fruitful people that I know and they have no children. You know, um, and for similar reasons, actually, chronic illness has prevented them, well, uh, to, to some extent from having children. That's another story. But the important part is that I've just seen specifically Lisa and I met as uh, when I was training to become a Creighton practitioner. We became really close friends from that experience. So grateful for that. But she's a nurse. She's been a nurse uh, for a long time. She's experienced and she's worked in the hospital with women and children. And most recently, obviously, she became a practitioner, and we've been a practitioner for not that long. Um, we've been seeing clients for, I don't know, almost two years now, one to two years, I lose count. But we chat um, about clients a lot. Don't worry, we're HIPAA compliant, but it's just <laughs> experiences um, that we share each other and build each other up and try to make each other stronger. But I have learned so much from Lisa, y'all. Like, it's amazing to see the care, the unique um, care that she is able to deliver to her clients because of her experiences, her specific experiences. Like, I see God using her so much in the way she, she, she helps these women and these couples. Um, now, granted, a woman can have children and do that, too. Like, there's no argument about that. But... And I don't, I don't know how, you know, why God does certain things, but I just, she, she's bringing so much new life into the world through her clients. And it wasn't that long ago. It was so amazing to, um, to hear she, she called me after she, she met with a client. She was just so touched because, and she said to me, Mary, for the first time, I actually kind of like felt like a mother with this woman and uh, that she had as a client during this appointment it was because this young uh girl this young woman opened up to her um about something she hadn't shared with anybody else but she felt comfortable enough with lisa to open up and uh, and lisa was able to hear her and like give her direction um and comfort that this girl wasn't finding anywhere else and and lisa she noted to me specifically, um, she was able to do this without any judgment, which is what she received from her own mother. And that's why she had that unique experience of feeling like a mother, um, because that's what she experienced growing up. So now she's able to be like a mother figure to so many women, whether they're married or not. Some, some have husbands, some don't. 
but she's able to provide this beautiful um, life-giving experience, bringing so much new life into the world, both figuratively and literally, as she helps um, infertile clients as well. I mean, so I just wanted to share that. Um, and one last thing, of course, about Elise, my co-host of Messy Buns, and what a great witness she has been um, in my life for so long. Like I said, we've known each other for a real long time. We've talked about that on the show before. And just witnessing what this girl can do in youth ministry is nothing short of, like, miraculous. So, um, and, and more specifically, I'll just talk about recently. But, but a few years ago, before her chronic illnesses flared up and got worse, she got her dream job as a youth minister, youth director at a local church, right? And there really weren't too many kids um, going there when she started, but her and her husband both actually kind of took this job, but she was specifically named the youth director. And they built this this thing up from the ground up, y'all. I can't even describe to y'all how amazing this was. So what they did was they um, they got permission and um, to build the youth room up and make it unique. So the first thing they did before they even started seeing with the kids is, they um i mean it was a construction zone luckily her husband like knows how to do those things and we helped too um but i mean they have like this awesome uh like pallet wall with wood that we stained like we, we painted all kinds of different colors with led lights that change color behind it there's this like uh, table on wheels that move this wooden beautiful like wooden table there's a chalkboard hanging up there's couches there's bean bags wooden floors um, just like this modern art hanging on the wall and then every time the kids come in they got a Polaroid and like they were making this kind of art piece collage of all the kids faces every single youth or teen that came got their Polaroid up that wall even if it was just once and that's just the aesthetics I'm talking about y'all <laughs> like this this youth group grew so fast the kids could not even fit in the walls and it was it was not because of the aesthetics although that says a lot about the kind of people that that they are because they wanted to create an environment that was so inviting for to for these teens to come you know a home a faith-filled home where they could find jesus and community and get some direction and they've provided that like nothing i've seen anybody do um not to mention the the mental mentoring that that elise provided um, and she only provided because she was getting mentor mentoring herself from um, from a very special group of priests, specifically mentoring her and teaching her and helping her to mentor these teens. And y'all, the transformation in these kids, uh, amazing, you know. And unfortunately, it didn't. It wasn't. It couldn't last too long because of. Um, she, she ended up, as most of you know, if you listen to this podcast, she got pregnant after I don't know, eight, nine years of infertility and had a miscarriage that triggered this, her chronic illnesses to get so much worse. She had to quit this dream, dream job of hers um, and stay at home. But these kids have gone on to college, and it's just funny because she refers to them as her kids, as her babies. And that's really what, what they have become for both her and will and they they keep in touch with many of them they continue to pray um so i mean talk about fruitfulness y'all i mean it's just been so beautiful that and it's it's really brought um again new life into the world but also into her that she's able to give that give of herself to these kids in that unique way not to mention she's talked a lot about 
um, offering her suffering up. She, the girl has enough suffering to offer up, right? So like that's something she's working on. That's fruitful. Again, the pain that we experience has the potential to be so fruitful in our lives and in the, in the world around us. Um, and now she's got this YouTube channel, right? So she's trying to also serve in that way. I didn't even mention her public speaking, y'all. She's, she's an incredible public speaker. She spoke at March of Life, the national one. I mean, and she had to kind of put a pause on that because of her illness, obviously. But I just wanted to share these three very different examples of, of women that have no children but are so incredibly fruitful and needed in our world. It's just as important, uh, you know, so no, no uh, vocation is holier than the other, right? We can all be so useful. And so, again, although I know this will not take away your pain, I hope that it brings you a little bit of comfort, a little bit of hope. And, um, you know, uh, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Jennifer Fulweiler. <laughs> I'm sure you are. She's like amazing. She just had a book come out. Um, the Blue Flame. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I heard her speak at a conference a couple years ago, the Abiding Together conference. I think that's what it was called. It was amazing. But actually hearing her speak about the Blue Flame at this conference inspired me so much with this idea of, of the gifts that, that God has given us to make the world a better place. That's where I heard it first. So um, I encourage you. I have not read it yet, but I hope to. She's very funny also. So get your Blue Flame book. And I think that will help also just to figure out these gifts and talents God has given you, given all of us, um, to bring new life into the world, but also to us. And that's beautiful. I also want to refer you to um, the Letters to Women podcast by Chloe Longer. I think I really hope I'm saying her last name correctly. I don't know if I am, but it was so sweet. She invited me to be on her podcast not too long ago, actually. It's um, a letter to the woman who, oh my gosh, now I'm going to forget what it was called, who is infertile and struggling being fruitful, something like that. <laughs> but it should be pretty easy to find. It was at the end of April 2020. Go find that and listen to it if, if you're feeling down and looking uh, for how, how incredibly fruitful that you are probably already being in your life. Also, one last thing to, to refer you to is our episode on spiritual motherhood called Spiritual Freaking Motherhood because, again, this is something that's very close to Elise and my heart, and that is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. So I'm going to put some of these things in the show notes. Um, please rate us here wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Well, I will also put a lot of these notes to help you, but just know that uh, you are not alone as you go into this weekend and we are praying for you and we can't wait to both be here to talk to you again soon. Y'all take care.